InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Online social networks are all the rage these days, but you may have seen recent headlines about people whose careers, marriages, or finances collapsed just because they posted some personal info or photos on the web. Lori Andrews is the author of I Know Who You Are and I Saw What You Did, Social Networks and the Death of Privacy. Lori, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm pleased to be here. Lori, when we talk about social media, the numbers are staggering. About how many Facebook users, for example, are we talking about out there? We're talking about 850 million people using Facebook. So if you think about it, it would be equivalent to the third largest nation in the world after China and India. Can all these people be clueless about the loss of privacy that occurs with social media? Well, some are young, since you can go on it as young as 13 and may post things like a derogatory thing about your coach or your teacher, which actually could get you kicked out of school and have your grade point lowered and so Mm. forth. And then you get to college and young professionals where they might have, you know, drinking photos up. But it's not about cluelessness. It's about the fact that even benign things can be used against you. People think they're protected with privacy settings on their social networks. But already, employers in Maryland and Montana are starting to ask job applicants for their social network password to see the things that are really about your hobbies, your likes, your dislikes, your sexual preferences, and this private information that people thought was protected. I think of the high school teacher in Georgia. She had not friended any students or any parents of students. She took her summer vacation in Ireland, posted 700 photos. One of them showed her in the Guinness factory tour with a sample of beer, and she got pushed out of her job because of that. So Mm. in part, it's not about people posting things that they should know better. It's about unintended uses. A woman lost custody of her child because she made a sexy post on her boyfriend's MySpace page. It really is something where we need to have stricter laws, a law of privacy protecting what we post. Those, of course, are the things that people have voluntarily posted on the web, but there are also, as you point out in your book, situations where a hacker or some flaw in a website allows a lot of private information to also get out there. And it's not just hackers. There are actual marketing companies that aggregate data. So Axiom, one company, has 1,500 pieces of information on 96% of Americans. Google scans your Gmail emails, keeps track of your Google searches. Half the smartphones in America are Android phones. Google collects GPS information, even if you've shut off the GPS, and uses that to make money by giving advertisers access to people who meet certain criteria. So it doesn't take a hacker. If you go on a website like dictionary.com, that website authorizes 233 different cookies, tracking mechanisms, to be put on your computer. And there's a huge market in data about people. And when consumers have sued, The courts have said, we don't consider this hacking. It doesn't violate the wiretap statute if one side gives consent. So if the website, like dictionary.com or Google, gives consent, then your personal information can be captured and marketed. 
If I write in Gmail a note to a divorce lawyer, that may come back to haunt me. If I then go on a credit card site, I could be shown a lower limit credit card if it turns out that divorced individuals are more likely to not pay their credit card bills. So everywhere you go on the web, information is being collected, and then it may, in fact, be used against you as well as in other situations to offer you bargains or let you know where your favorite band's playing and so forth. We're talking with Lori Andrews, a law professor and director of the Institute for Science, Law, and Technology at Illinois Institute of Technology and author of I Know Who You Are and I Saw What You Did. Lori, I guess I'm a little bit puzzled by the fact that people get all of these web services such as Gmail for free. They have to understand that the company has to make something somehow off of that and I guess they do that by, you know, using the personal information that they can harvest. That's a fact of business, though, isn't it? Yeah, but this is as if the phone company would tell you, oh, we're going to tap all your phone records. And it's unclear whether people understand exactly what they're giving up and how these things can come back to haunt them. For example, you can get onto Facebook as young as 13. Well, a 13-year-old can't really consent to the terms of service that they're giving up their privacy. And in fact, there's a lawsuit going on in Illinois where then the children's pictures and their names have been used to advertise certain products because there's a provision that in Facebook, you give Facebook a license to use your photos however they want. Most people don't understand that, let alone teenagers. Google has suicide chat rooms that young people go on And in one instance, because of the perverse nature of the algorithms to create ads, when young people said in Google chat rooms that they were going to commit suicide using a certain chemical, ads would pop up. They buy that chemical now, 1-800-2-1. So I would not have thought that my private emails, which are copied by these things, would be accessible to someone else if I'm writing to my lawyer or my doctor. I just don't think people think that way. And the fact that we have to do now many, many of these intimate personal transactions over the web, and I'm paying my Internet service provider. It's not like Facebook where arguably ads are making the service free to me. 79% of companies now have guidelines in place that tell their HR department that they must look at people's social networks. And yet, the information they get might be erroneous. But unlike under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, where if we're turned down for credit because of a credit bureau rating, you know, we have a right to know why we're turned down. We have a right to correct something wrong. Mm -hmm. Here, all these decisions are being made without our chance to look at the basis of it. Are we heading toward laws, Lori, that will prohibit this type of tracking? I think we're heading toward laws that would require that people opt in as opposed to opt out, which would say if I do want to get information about where my favorite band is playing or a discount I can get at a shop, I can make a note of that. There's more than enough market there to help a company survive in Europe You not only have a right to know what companies know about you, but also to correct that. So a law student in Austria actually asked Facebook what they knew about him, and Facebook sent a CD-ROM with 1,600 PDFs of everything 
he ever did on Facebook, everything mm. he ever deleted, and you just see what massive information is being collected about you. Say you put stuff up when you're 14 or 15, and then you go looking for a job when you're 21. Maybe you graduate from college, you privatize your Facebook page or you take it down. There are companies that exist that actually market to employers reports based on the last seven years of public Facebook photos. So you may have done something as a kid that comes back to haunt you. In your book, you have something called the Social Network Constitution. Tell us about that. I'm not against social networks. I think they have great benefits, not only for keeping in touch, but for redefining art, for crowdsourcing science. So I don't want them to go away. I just want us to have more control over what's done with our information. So my social network constitution would include, first, a right to connect so that the government can't shut down the Internet as it did in Egypt, but also a right to freedom of expression and a right to privacy, among others. I think that we should be able to complain about school or work without losing our chance of graduating or our job. Facebook gives the sense you're in a private place. You have to friend people. You talk about your most intimate things. So I would just put a flag in that land and consider Facebook to be as protected as my own home and people wouldn't be allowed in until I invited them and certainly not the police, which in my real home would need a warrant, Mm -hmm. not data aggregators. You know, and not an employer. Well, the book is, I Know Who You Are, and I Saw What You Did, Social Networks and the Death of Privacy. Lori Andrews is the author. You can visit her online at socialnetworkconstitution.com. Lori, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Oh, Chris, thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.